Hey, all you Eric's out there. This is Zach coming back with another episode of Table Talk Friday. Now, you'll notice that I'm in this room alone, and there's no one else talking at the moment. And you might be saying to yourself, what the heck is going on? Well, it's a very simple explanation. I'm about to give it to you. This episode that we're releasing was originally recorded as a post-show for last week's episode, but due to some uh, personal issues, one of us may or may not have gotten sick, we've decided to go ahead and stay safe, keep each other from getting the ick, and just release this post-show that we recorded for last week. Now, again, you might be asking yourself, well, you guys don't usually do a post-show. What's this about? And you'd be right. I've got a little secret that this is just a sneak preview of our Patreon. That's right, we're launching a Patreon. More details to come in the following weeks. And this would have been an exclusive just for the Patreon, but we've decided to go ahead and release this as a, uh, a standalone episode just to give you all a little sneak preview. Typically, our post shows would be bound to our $5 tier, but in any case, you all are going to get this one free of charge. So without any further ado, I hope you enjoy this very special episode of Table Talk Friday. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that. <laughs> Jeez, dude. I... When whenever we brought up the Chris Alien thing, the first thing I thought was Chris Alien will be taking us out this episode, and I just kept it in my brain. I was like, you can't think about anything else because Chris Alien has to take us out. Yeah, you know, I was thinking you might say, can a cleric take us out? And I wasn't prepared for what a cleric sounds like, so I, I, I really appreciate you throwing me a softball there. <laughs> I was I was blown out of the water because I was really expecting like a tempesty sort of thing or, or like a grave cleric like a scary sound kind of thing and you said Chris I'm like who's Chris <laughs> <laughs> Sheva hurry from um, uh, from Resident Evil Five of course. <laughs> Welcome to the Patreon exclusive post show. This is our first one we'll ever be doing. Um, I always ask you boys how you're doing in the actual podcast, but we can be so informal here. We can talk about anything. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I do hate that we didn't get to, like, half the Divine Domains here, um, just because I, I do want to mention, just for all of you, and for you guys, because I don't know if you've even read what the Forge Domain Cleric does, but every time I make a character, I think about, am I going to multi-class one-level Forge Domain? Really? At, at first level, uh, they, they get their proficiency with hemi- heavy armor and smith's tools, which... Already, that's an amazing one-level dip. Right. Anything you multi-class into, like even a fighter or a paladin, they don't give you heavy armor proficiency. You have to go cleric uh, if you want heavy armor proficiency without taking the heavily armored feat. So already, that's a good start. But then secondly, you get Blessing of the Forge, which lets you, uh, every long rest, you can create uh, one magic item at first level. It's a plus one piece of armor or a shield or a plus one weapon of your choice. And you can do that at level one. That's a good one level dip, I, I will say. And I think you can you can probably bring that up in game pretty easily. Like if you, um, you find a magic artifact that's linked to a god or whatever, and it just happens to give you one level of cleric or something, something cheesy like that. You don't have to necessarily be like, oh, you know what? I am going to worship Hephaestus. Yeah, and, and so the other thing that I love about it is that uh, at... Sixth level, you get resistance to fire damage and then plus one AC if you're wearing heavy armor. So already you're you're bumping with the you know the the AC and just how sturdy you are. And then at seventeenth level, you gain immunity to fire damage. 
And while wearing heavy armor, you have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical attacks. This is the tankiest character, or the tankiest cleric at least, by far. I, I think that kind of just brings into effect that we have to do a second episode on clerics. And the, I mean, I think all of our deep dives are going to have to have second episodes in the future. I feel like that's um, un, unavoidable that there's going to be a lot of things we missed in the first one that we, it's like, okay, go back, listen, figure out what we missed and what else we can talk about because we're never going to get to all of the subclasses. Oh, for sure. And I was even wondering which ones to bring up because there's the ones in the player's handbook. There's the ones in Xanathar's and Tasha's. But then there are also some semi-official ones, one in the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Death Domain Cleric, and then there's the Arcana Domain Cleric in uh, Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide that's never been brought up again. I am appalled that I'm unaware of this Death Domain Cleric. This is in the Dungeon Master's Guide? Yeah, so they're they're kind of interesting. Um, basically, they, uh, can d- they can twin spell their necromancy spells. So... At uh, at first level, uh, they can. Uh, it's not a full twin spell, so you they can double their necromancy cantrips if the targets are within five feet of each other. Um, so really, just toll the dead or chill touch. That's all you get. Is spare um, the dying one. Yeah, or spare the dying. So you can double that, um, or or and then at seventeenth level, which you know we've taken all this time to fucking get there, um, then they can do the same thing with. I believe it's. Uh, any cleric spell up to fifth level. So shit like blight, they can double, uh, you know, stuff like that. So it's neat. It's just not, um, it, it's not as powerful as say a necromancer, which is really the flavor that you're getting there anyway. See, that's, that's the problem with clerics since there's so many subclasses. If one really doesn't shine with some real oomph, you have 12 other options. <laughs> you could play anything <laughs> else like the death domain. That sounded super cool. But the grave cleric, though, it was the sa- it's the same sort of vibe, but ten times stronger with cooler abilities. Well, yeah, and that's why I love the the grave domain cleric. It's uh, it's not a death cleric. It's not a life cleric. It's uh, you know the marriage of life and death, uh, the verge of dying. Doesn't that make Lathander a really good god for it? For grave isn't domain, he like a judgment type thing. Doesn't he deal with like that fine line? Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know what necessarily. What what ones they recommend? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I'd, I'd. I mean, you could flavor any god to be whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Yeah, sure. Be. Um, but uh, Lathander, I think he's more of like neutral good god of, um, you know, heroism and sunshine and uh, that sort of stuff. Okay, so, uh, not so much life and death, but um, but it, I could definitely imagine like a like a helm or you know any of the like the gods of order uh, falling into death or uh, into the grave domain definitely. The first god that comes to mind is the the Raven Queen because I know the Raven Queen is kind of like the passing over deity. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I I think the Raven Queen is very cool. I just don't like using her as my deity or or um, at my table too much because I feel like she's overused a little bit. I feel like every time I hear of someone using this concept, the Raven Queen comes into play. So I like you know using a little bit of variety there, but. Um, now, I'm not super familiar. Like, I've never seen the Raven Queen actually used at one of our tables. I've heard about her, though. Was she heavily featured in Critical Role? Yes, she was. Extremely heavily. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, well, then there you go. big staple in the campaign. Well, that explains that. Um, a- a- another domain that I wanted to talk about, just because it's, like, it's promising, but it's not super cool, um, the Arcana Domain Cleric. Uh, the idea there is a cleric that can cast a lot of wizard spells, um, so they, uh, at first level, they get, I think like 
two or three wizard cantrips that they can cast, which is neat. Um, mm-hmm. And then they get no, um, they get their domain spells. So some staples like uh, magic missile and stuff like that. Uh, I think they even get Liamin's secret chest. Um, but then at that, you have to wait until seventeenth level to get their one actually really cool ability, which they get a uh, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth level wizard spell of their choice. And they count as domain spells for them. So they can oh, wow. always oh, have them prepared. Rad. Yeah, and then they can cast those spells. So, you know, that's the cleric that gets to wish. Jeez. It's crazy how there's there's so many of these little gems that are hidden, but no one ever finds all of them because there's just too many clerics and they're usually too far down the page. There's too many other classes and stuff, like yeah. other, other classes and subclasses to read through too. Like, I own almost every freaking book and I've read maybe in total two full of two full books of them like i own you know 20 something books and um yeah total i've probably read two full ones i would agree i don't think i've, I've read enough of the books um i did read every page of storm king's thunder oh no you, you, you <laughs> must every page. have for the for, think about how long you ran that though yeah you probably read most of avernus at this point I most of i read most of avernus but like there's a section that's all about like romping through Baldur's gate that i did not read because i was like i'm just gonna read the sections that i need for story use those to get you guys around the city um and then move on past that the the rest of the book was just kind of like you know the actual campaign and at the end they give you all kinds of details and stuff you can use to make Baldur's gate the setting that you run in i have no clue about any of that i've read little bits and pieces of it uh, and I would love to use it as, you know, a city to start out in at some point or something. But, yeah, no, uh, I found El Terrell to be a lot more fun of a city. Yeah, El Terrell's pretty... I like the lore behind the El Terrell. Yeah. You know, it gives it a little more flavor. Yeah, and so I, I'm I'm definitely, uh, of the three of us, I feel like I'm the, like, the we get a new book, I'm going to read a lot of it. Um, Curse of Strahd, I read forward and backward up upside down sideways i've read that book a million times i could probably uh uh, with some degree of accuracy recite like the chapters and what order they come in (laughs) um right now but um but yeah i I did that with uh eberron too uh when we were uh prepping for or you know planning on continuing on eberron eberron's so cool fizzled out a little bit so much of that book is taken up by sharn though I, I feel like they don't go so much. There's a lot of cool locations that they mention in uh, the, what uh, Eberron what, Rising from the Last War. Um, they mention a lot of cool locations, but there's just not a lot of detail fleshed out. So I have to like use secondary resources and do a lot of dig in. And then at that point, it, it, it became homework really quick. And I think that's how I burnt myself out on that campaign was just all the reading that I was doing. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, here's the trick. You just don't do that. I don't do any of that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing about that is you don't need to because Zach's around, and he read the book. So if I have a question, he'll tell me. He knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, but what, I, what I'm saying is, like, whenever it comes to uh, when I'm running Avernus, I will skim the chapter and be like, okay, here's kind of what I want to do with that. But inevitably, you know, we, we added a lot of work onto Zach in the campaign that he, that he could not have possibly prepared for. And... All I'm saying is that's why I just don't prepare as much because uh, you guys are going to do everything that I never thought you were going to do. So why even bother? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the, ultimately it's the DMs call what the, the lore is. So I, it, for Forgotten Realms, I don't know the lore until I'm DMing. Like it, I'm prepping a one-off. I set it in Forgotten Realms. I d- did some 
you know, cursory research of the area that I decided to place it in just for, you know, consistency. Um, maybe it happens in the timeline of one of our campaigns. I don't know. But well, yeah, um, and I, I took you guys to an island recently. And granted, you know, I used a lot of like tidbits of lore from said island. Um, but whenever we actually ran it, you know, I don't know how the writers actually intended that place to be. I looked at the map and said, this is what this place is. Uh, and just kind of made it my own. And that's how I've always done this Forgotten Realm stuff. I'll take whatever paragraph they give me on the fandom wiki and go, okay, but how does that make sense in my head? And then I'll explain it to you guys, and it'll be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and not to give you guys any, uh, you know, advanced spoilers for things in Saltmarsh, but when we did go to Mintarn, I was like, mm-hmm. But I had some ideas about what Mintarn is, and I'm still gonna have it be what I thought it was. Yeah, and uh, my Mintarn's there, probably completely different. Yeah, you're also probably not gonna. Well, I will say no more about what you're gonna do in Saltmarsh. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, there's uh, certain things going on in Mintarn. That's all I'll say. See, but I actually love the idea that it's almost like a different universe, right? So we explore it with Seth, but then you give us this entirely different variation of it. It's like we get to explore the whole thing again if we like it, you know. Yeah, it's like the the multiverse of madness. You're in, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know why that was my reference. <laughs> it's like everything, everywhere, all at once. Where you're in a pair, you know, a nearby universe um, where things were slightly different. I was thinking the Spider-Man movies because you know I like uh, I like Tom Holland, but you know I want a little Tobey Maguire in my life. You know, a yeah, I feel mixy that. Mix. <laughs> I learned something today. I, I don't know how deep into the Spider-Man video game, uh, you know. A meme culture <laughs> you guys are that's a very specific not set very of criteria. but i know that he oh. kills wolverine at some point what does he yeah there's there's a spider-man game where he you can uh it's the one where oh, you can go yeah. back into web Spider-Man. of shadows yeah yeah web of shadows you can go back and forth between your venom suit and whatnot uh-huh. and you could choose the good or the bad path and you can choose the bad path and if you you're venom spider-man you uh can just outright kill wolverine as opposed when he's trying to stop you because you're being a bad boy yeah, you know what? I loved that game. The dark story is poopy, um, but the the good one is much better. Um, yeah. I, I guess it's sort of like Infamous, but Spider Man. Um, but anyway, uh, I learned today that uh, the iconic, the most iconic song from any Spider Man video game, the pizza theme from Spider Man on Play uh, Spider Man Two on PlayStation <laughs> Two. Uh, you know the you know that one yeah yeah that one yeah that's what I was thinking of yeah the 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 classical piece of music arranged by because I know someone someone knows this piece of music anyway it's featured in PS4 Spider Man in a very specific pizzeria you stand outside and you listen and it's the song from that they used in Spider Man Two oh that's rad as hell yeah. I love little Easter eggs like that. Little blast of the past. Well, like the Stan Lee statue. Oh, yeah. I love Stan Lee. Yeah. I want more of him. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. Um, <laughs> what was the last movie he did? I think it was, was it Venom? Captain Marvel. Was it Captain Marvel? Uh, but wait, was he in the Endgame? Was he was in Endgame, right? Or Infinity War? Who? Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Uh, I, I think he had cameos he in those. I, I think he, he was. He died right before Captain Marvel. And then Captain Marvel came out and they like put a tribute out to him. And then, yeah, yeah, I think he was in Infinity War and Endgame, though. I think he had his cameos for those filmed. Yeah, I, I definitely remember something about him in a bus for Infinity War, right? Like, yeah. while something with something was going on. I think someone they flew over a planet or something like that, and he was talking to two people in Endgame. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, it was when they were doing their. Uh, I don't even know what they call it, but like the the wormhole jumping uh, through hyperspace. He was on one of the planets, which is so oh. cool. Okay, the way they do that in Guardians of the Galaxy is super cool, and they never explain it or like talk about the technology. Man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot cooler than. Well, I wouldn't say it's a lot cooler than it, uh, when they do the hyperspace jump in Star Wars. Oh, that's so cool too. But yeah, just seeing the <laughs> like the visual of the stars turning into lines past the the thing that yeah. blew my mind as a child. I was I had really no concept of what space is, and yet that was like uh, for some reason that t- totally vibed with me. And I thought, yeah, that could happen in space, I guess. You know, I played. A very little bit of Jedi Fallen Order and got bored of it very quick. Um, but you didn't finish it, Seth. No, I, <gasps> dude, I started playing that game and um, around the time that I was like moving on, I was like, "There's no fucking way I finished that game." Like but I was, I just an start- orange lightsaber, orange. Yeah, I customized it. It was cool, but I was getting like bored. Like I was getting legitimately bored playing it. Um, was the combat not very good? No, oh, I mean, it was like watered down Dark Souls combat. Like, why do oh, that? And then, oh. and then I played Thirteen Sentinels and had a blast. And Thirteen Sentinels was awesome. And then now I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, which is also so cool. It's like better Kingdom Hearts, like combat wise. It's like way better Kingdom Hearts. And then also you get the Final Fantasy VII story that I've never played through, which is so cool. Jesse has been flirting with me nonstop in the game. Just saying. <laughs> I know that you're not talking about Jesse from Team Rocket, but in my mind, like there, there was not another Jesse that it could have been. No, I haven't played. Jesse's the like this happy-go-lucky girl on on Team Avalanche, um, and like, but you can't like romance anybody in Final Fantasy VII. Um, there, the the story is very like set in stone, as far as I know. Um, but a lot of just like the random girls will flirt with Cloud, and so that was the joke I was making. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's someone's fantasy. Yeah, he's like the hot anime protagonist, you know. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I take that back. I'm sure that's a lot of people's fantasy. Can I tell you guys about my toxic trait? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because please. the whole time I'm looking at Cloud and I'm just judging his body. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at him and I'm like, oh, my biceps are bigger. <laughs> or like or like my shoulders look better than his. Like <laughs> I was sitting there the whole time and I'm playing this game and I'm like, I guess someone would like that guy, but like not me. Like yeah. I'm way cooler than <laughs> skinny anime boy. I bet that's I could I'm... hold a buster sword. Yeah, that's and I was thinking that. I was like, no way he can hold that sword. <laughs> The whole time I was thinking, nah, no way he can hold that sword way too big for his little tiny baby arms. <laughs> he's lean, Seth. He's lean, he's mean. Yeah, but you can be lean and ripped. Like, Cloud's, Cloud is fit. He's fit. He's a good-looking guy. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from him, but, like, come on. He doesn't eat. He He could be better. Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. <laughs> he, no, no, no. He looks like a general anime protagonist, like Joker from Persona. Uh yeah, skinny anime boy. They're all skinny anime boys. Why can't we have a ripped, jacked up his freaking tree anime protagonist, or you know, ripped out of his mind, shredded down his gourd? Please, please. I want. <laughs> I, I, I direct you to Boba Bo 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 Bo. That's it's not a protagonist, oh, no. is it? Yeah, he he's is the he protagonist. A, he of course protagonist? he's yeah. Okay, he's uh, friggin' Boba Bo. He's he's of course he's the protagonist of Boba Bo 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 Bo. Okay, okay, okay. And he is ripped out of his gourd and his. Uh, his nose hairs. Are no, also I'll take ripped. that. You know who I respect more though in Final Fantasy VII remake? Who? Barrett, the guy with uh, the absolute crazy, um, the like, jacked guy with the, the yeah, mini the gun jacked guy arm. with the minigun arm. 
that's the guy I want to be because I look at Barrett and I go, oh yeah, that man, that man, you know, he fucks. Now, is it Barrett <laughs> or Barret? It's Barrett. Did they say Barrett? They in say the... Barrett. Okay, good. I'm glad we've... Uh, <laughs> it's we've... me, Captain Barret. I, I feel like that was an argument at some point because I think, isn't it spelled sort of like Barret? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, does the guy who plays Badger in um, Breaking, Breaking, in Breaking Bad voice Wedge in Final Fantasy VII? I'm going to look that up. I'm pretty sure it's him. I love Let's Badger. See. He's a good character. Wedge... Voice. Speaking of Breaking Bad, I've um I've caught up entirely on Better Call Saul up until uh the end of season five. No spoilers. Don't tell me what happens in season six. I'm waiting for it to drop on Hulu so I can binge it. Um, but that shit's crazy. What a good show. What a good fucking show. I'm I'm genuinely excited to try it, but I still I still am so close to finishing Breaking Bad. I'm not done yet. What's pissing me off is I've been watching it more recently. I've been grinding through it. And because I'm grinding through it, YouTube has been popping little little clips. Spoilers. In. Exactly. <laughs> I'll scroll through. I'm like, oh, no, no, no I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that guy died. So now I have to be really careful what I do on the tubes. So I'm pretty sure, yes, that Badger um, from Breaking Bad. Let's see. Brandon Badger Mayhew also appeared in the CBS sitcom. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Badger does voice Wedge. I picked that up immediately. The second I heard his voice, I was like, that's Badger. So yeah, one of the main, like one of your allies in Final Fantasy VII is the guy who voices Badger, and he sounds exactly like Badger and acts exactly like Badger. He does a um, lot more than just voice Badger, you know? <laughs> you said he voices Badger. Oh, whatever. Yeah, he plays Badger. <laughs> yeah, thank um, you. And then, the, let me tell you, the, I, I'm going through here to the table of contents. Does Badger voice Wedge was the question? I was just looking down, is Wedge a guy is another question. Does Final Fantasy VII have voices is another question. <laughs> then I look a little bit further down. What is Tifa's bra size? That's what it says right here. On Who is asking these questions? Well, I'm what sure they got an answer. On? I'm on lastyearthegame.com. Shame on you, Joshua, the writer of this article. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, well, what is it? You know, just for... <laughs> I'm just curious. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I don't want to know or anything. I'm just, like, curious what they said. <laughs> Jeez. So, you were talking about um, Jesse flirting with your character before. With and me. I, and I... <laughs> and yeah, I they, they said, oh, Seth Pittman, I sure wish you were in this game instead of skinny, skinny <laughs> anime boy Cloud. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened, yeah. Poor Cloud, man. He's getting pooped on. I Cloud is a funny guy, and I think he has a lot of character. I'm liking him more than Noctis from Final Fantasy XV. I like him a lot more than Noctis, actually. Man, he's got small arms, dude. It's a shame we didn't have this conversation at the start of the episode, because now we can't clip any of this. No, I mean, this is a great first post-show, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is exclusive Patreon content, assuming this is the, the direction we're going with this. I'm pretty sure... That this is just going to be exclusive to you, uh, $5 and up subscribers. So, yeah. Uh, so, thank you so much for, for giving us money to hear about this. The, I, this has been one of the best conversations we've, we've ever had. This is a must listen for, for Table Talk Friday, a DD podcast. And it was all about Final Fantasy, one of the best games ever. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is really good. I'm Play enjoying something else, it. Uh, Play something else. What do you mean? Play anything else. Play the, I, the Trails games. God of War. I was about to go through Chrono Trigger, but then I was like, I just played a game all about time travel. I'm not going right into another one right now, so I'll oh, wait man. to finish Chrono Trigger. 
That hurts my heart, Seth. I'm gonna you said, I'm playing Chrono Trigger, and I said, you better, because uh, in college, just to you know, blast from the past, uh, sophomore year, I said, hey, Seth, you like you like JRPGs, right? <laughs> you, yeah, you know, you should play my favorite game of all time, Chrono Trigger. I really love that game. Um, I don't know if that's still my favorite game at this point. I haven't played it in so long, but it's so fucking good. I, uh, uh, I even gave you the... Uh, the not emulator to not play it on your not computer. Do you? So that was your fault. The reason that I didn't play Chrono Trigger is your fault, Zach. And <gasps> here's why: um, because you you opened up the world of not emulating, and whenever I didn't do that, um, I discovered that I can access Persona games at my fingertips, and that's when I played the beginning of my first Persona game, Persona Four. Not even the golden version. I opened up Persona 4 by itself and started playing it. Got like 10, 15 hours in and then uh, decided I'm going to buy a PlayStation 4 and play Persona 5 instead. And then I did that. I bought a PlayStation 4. I played Persona 5 and went back and played Persona 4 Golden this year on Steam. So it's your fault. Yeah, and eventually he is gonna play Chrono Trigger. Um, you know, if it's not even a long game. Yeah, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you are, um, but if you are, uh, email Seth at tabletalkfriday at gmail dot com <laughs> and tell him to play Chrono Trigger, and I'm sure that'll get him to do it. I I will play Chrono Trigger. I will. Uh, will I ever finish uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Unlikely. Will I ever finish Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Un- unlikely. Um, will I play it again? Yes, absolutely. It's a very fun game. Will I finish it? Unlikely. Um, will what what other games did I have in my loop? Oh, did you guys know Multiverses is really good? Multi- That's what? the uh, the cross smash game with yeah, Shaggy it's a, and fucking it's a smash, Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's a it's a platform fighter game, kind of like Smash, but it's WB characters like Batman, Wonder Woman, Rick and Morty. Um, oh, no, I hadn't heard and that Shaggy, one. Shaggy from Scooby Doo. So uh, Finn from Adventure Time. I downloaded that game because it just came out. It's free to play, and so it just came it out. Is? Yeah, it's free to play. Huh. So it came out, and uh, I was like, you know what? I want to hop in. Who's the sword character? Finn. So I pick up the sword character immediately uh, and jump into the game. And for probably 15 to 20 straight games, I don't lose a match. I just keep queuing up online. And I'm like, when I lose, I'll quit. When I lose, I'll quit. And it doesn't happen for like 20 games in a row. And I am having fun. I am stomping on people, having the time of my life, discovering how to play this game because it's very different than Smash. There's a lot of different like weird mechanics. I didn't discover uh, Finn's down special until like six games in when I found out he has a store you can buy upgrades from. No, oh, that's cute. So kind of like um, Shulk um, gets his like Monado arts. Right. You can right, you right. can down down triangle with Finn and he'll go into this little store and you can get like speed upgrades and damage upgrades and stuff. Um, and so. Yeah, multiverses. Pretty pretty solid little experience. I will not put that much more time into it because I have single-player games to finish, baby. Have you guys watched Adventure Time? I've watched the first two seasons. I've seen a little bit. It's actually pretty good. I've only seen a little bit, but I am I think I need to go back and watch it um, just because I. it's definitely uh, all... Uh, like D and D inspired and D and D themed, and like later it gets pretty explicit uh, with like how D and D it is, and I wanna I wanna see how far it goes. Ooh, I, so Adventure Time kind of confuses me because I do find it very entertaining. It's not my it's not my scene. It's not usually what I kind of watch, but it to me looks like it kind of dances on the line of a kids show versus a 
like an adult show. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's not, one it's of those. Appropriate, but it it's still really entertaining. I don't know. It's like regular show in that way. Yeah, you know, here's an embarrassing story about Child Zach. I saw uh, Adventure Time. Uh, like I saw a couple episodes of it, and I was like, "This isn't for kids," and I stopped watching it. <laughs> you are such a good boy. <laughs> Well, it, it wasn't even that. It was just like, you know, this this humor really isn't for me. I'm going to go back to watching uh, shows that fit me. Like Ben 10. No, like SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> no. Yeah, or, but SpongeBob SquarePants had some banger jokes that I didn't get until adulthood. As a full-grown man, I've rewatched uh, the first, what, three or four seasons of SpongeBob recently, and... Uh, that shit holds up. It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this one this one girl at work, she will make SpongeBob jokes all the time. And every time she does, I forget that it's a moment that I remember from SpongeBob. And I can't stop laughing. <laughs> like, it's so funny because I think about the humor and I'm like, that's a joke I never got as a kid. But it's so funny now in adulthood and I wish I came up with it. 100%. And, and so I, I was the same way about uh, regular show too uh, as Adventure Time. I was like... Yeah, they they say uh, H-E double hockey sticks and crap, and uh, I'm not going to stand for this. (laughs) (laughs) I did watch regular show a good bit, but I got unsettled by it. Yeah, well, so that was the other thing. I think it was was a smart show for kids. I'm sure, like, honestly, if I gave it, uh, like, a little bit of a chance, I probably would have liked it enough, Um, but... I just didn't like the art style, you know? It was like, and it was shared somewhat with Adventure Time. Just like that era of Cartoon Network uh, shows were a little unsettling for me. I think at at that time, I was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to watch this. Well, no. Adventure Time traumatized you, Zach? No, but... I think regular show will, if if you're a kid. Yeah. Really? I, I distinctly remember there's like several like big acid trip scenes. I'm like... Every every episode of regular show gets an acid trip scene. Yeah. Because it's called regular show because it is a normal like cartoon for like the first half of the episode and then the second half they trip balls for some reason. Really? So like something weird that would never happen in the real world happens for the second half. So like Mordecai and Rigby are planning a party and the slot or and like the the jukebox comes to life and starts fighting them. That's that's the kind of random stuff that would happen in regular show, and it's really unsettling because the creatures and stuff that come up are always like really grotesque and weird looking, or they're made out of an actual person's body that grew into like a jukebox, and and things like that, like people's bodies being like mutilated and changed, really creeps me out. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I the, the the same vibe was just so uh, prevalent in. The Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, which I know. Oh, both I hate of you. it. Oh, that was so scary. But, but, but so here's the thing. As a kid, that I think that's what sort of started it for me is like I saw Adventure Time and I saw regular show and I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Flapjack. I don't know if I'm like down for this. But thinking back on Flapjack, that show was it's fascinating to me. Like that they I, allowed I, it on TV. Well, I, that, I don't like I'd, I'd have to go back and rewatch it to, like, say if it was any funny or, like, you know, any good. But, like, just the artistic shit that they did in some of those episodes. Like, uh, do you remember when they're sailing west to sail off the edge of the ocean? Yeah. And there's, like, that whole black light sequence where everything's, like, in, in red line art on a black background. And, like, the, the you know, the world's distorting and shit like that. I want to cry right now. It was really <laughs> cool. Um, and yeah, they did shit like, um, like they started doing in SpongeBob, too, where they would, like, cut to... 
claymation or cut to like a different animation style. Oh, that was fine. Yeah, um, which they did encourage the cowardly dog too. That scarred me uh, as well. Um, but that was my favorite show as a kid. So nope. I guess nope. there was sort of like a fine line that I would uh, tolerate uh, of like weird, creepy stuff. I want to watch Pokemon right now. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to watch any of those shows. I want to watch Pokemon, and and that's what I want to grow up on again. And you want to know why? Because Pokemon's not scary. It's just super cringy the whole time. Oh, yeah, and I can deal with that. <laughs> you know, when, when Brock pulls out his jelly donuts. Oh, yeah, his his jelly donuts. When they're obviously the rice balls, yeah. I believe. Yeah, onigiri. Onigiri, yes. He pulls out jelly donuts that are no, rice no, no, balls? No, no, so no. He, no, he pulls he, out onigiri, like the Japanese uh, you know, triangle-shaped rice ball. Yeah. And he says... Hey guys, do you want some of my jelly donuts? In the English, in the English dub, he says that. So he's he's doing an like onigiri. American kids won't understand that kids in Japan eat rice. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't get it. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, "Oh, that's a weird looking donut." Ah, silly, silly Japan. But I feel like it's more confusing if you say here. Eat my jelly donut, and I'm like, I've never seen a jelly more, donut. I think like they that. say it more than once in that episode too, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> and then well, another thing in Kingdom Hearts, whenever they pull out like the ice cream, and it's just like a popsicle, but they're like, oh, man, let let's all go out for some ice cream, and they all just holding their blue popsicles sitting on top of that clock tower, <laughs> and I I can that one's a little more forgiven to me, but never do I look at that and go ice cream. Yeah, like I, I would never call a popsicle ice cream. No, in my it, it's not. First of all, it's not cream. No, it's, it's ice. Oh, it's yeah, it's That's frozen true. fruit juice. It was. It was literally. They're like these blue popsicle bars. They pull at you. Have you seen them before? Uh, of and, course. Yeah, I've played the beginning of Kingdom Hearts two seventeen different times. I've just yeah. Never they pull. They pull that out, and they're and they're like, why do you have three ice cream or whatever that he says to um to the one guy i can't even remember these guys name. i played this whole freaking series i can't remember their names there's roxas roxas is no friend. i'm talking about the re- axel 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 yeah so um when axel pulls out his his thing and he's sitting on top of the the clock tower and then one of the other or- organization 13 guys walks up and goes hey why do you have three ice creams and he goes why not and then he throws the other two i think it's uh, and something like that. I don't remember the scene that well. That's how so cool. That's how it'll exist in my head from now on because he's sitting there by himself without his two friends who are you know more or less dead. Oh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Maybe we'll we'll talk about that at some on my point. gaming podcast that I'm gonna come out with eventually. Yeah, on your gaming podcast that'll come out. Anyway, oh, oh do, what, did you have one more thing? thing? Okay, one more so, thing. So you guys were talking about ice cream. I got really pumped, and now I'm, I'm really hungry. Um, in two days is root beer float day. So I need to go find the nearest ice cream shop and get me a root beer float. I don't know how you guys feel about root beer floats, but they're delicious. It's I like mean, a national holiday? The, um, it's a national holiday. I'm get, I have off that day. At Publix, they sell that, not a sponsor, um, by the way. Um, <laughs> they sell uh, Olipop, which we're not sponsored by, um, which... They have a root beer flavor, but Olipop is like this, in in the vein of kombucha, like a probiotic drink, but it's in a can and it tastes like kid's soda, basically. They have a root beer flavor, so I'd be <gasps> totally down to make a root beer float with some low-calorie ice cream and an Olipop soda. <laughs> okay, two days from now, it's a date. We're going to root beer two float. days from now? What am I doing two days? What, what day is two days from now? Saturday. Saturday. Oh, I'm busy, dude. Root beer floats. That's all I'm doing. I get off at five. It's root beer float day. day. Set. That's okay. all I am doing is going to different <laughs> ice cream shops and drinking different root will you beer floats. Will you bring me an Olipop and uh, some ice cream to, uh, to Ninja Nation? Oh, 
We'll see. We'll see if I'm feeling generous that day. I mean, it's root beer float day, which I, I think promotes generosity and giving. Well, thanks for joining us on this Patreon exclusive post. Oh my God, you're going to say another thing? <laughs> no, but I do just have to bring up. But before we started this episode, like two hours ago, uh, we said that we'd tell you what happened in uh, in Barrel's Brain Bash Part Three uh, in in the, the post show, and I guess we'll just never tell you what happened. Ah, I guess we'll just have to wait till story time. Yeah, the- and we can just talk about the two Sean one offs. Sure, maybe. So excited about a good one-off. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the Patreon-exclusive post-show. Thank you for donating if you have. And this is our first one. Uh, hope you enjoy. Zach, will you click the stop button? Because I don't want to get up. No! <laughs> Goodbye. Cut that out.